message I titled Pure Language, The Pure Language. Pure, the pure language. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Zephaniah chapter 3, and I'm going back to the message I, was, uh, uh, I spoke on a Sunday about prayer. And I was talking about praying in the Holy Spirit and uh, how important that is. But going back to that same message that we ought to pray. If you are a believer, you ought to call upon the name of the Lord. We men ought always to pray. And God in the Old Testament in Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 9, it says, For then I will restore to the people a pure language. God will restore a pure language that they all, not some, that they all may call on the name of the Lord. So God will restore. That means that we probably lost a pure language, not probably, I believe, in the mind of God. We lost the pure language to call upon his name. So God is going to restore the pure language, reestablish or bring back, refurbish or recondition fix our language and i believe that he did that by giving us the holy spirit he says god will restore that pure language that they all may call on the name of the lord to call on the name of the lord is worship when the bible says abraham called upon the name of the lord he built an altar and called on the name of the lord what he was doing was worshiping god so we must with this pure language we will worship God because God is seeking those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So they call upon the, we call upon the name of the Lord and then to serve Him with one accord. Pure language needed for worship and for service. Both. And we'll talk about the service part of it. So God is restoring that pure language. When was the pure language lost? I believe that the language was lost not because God couldn't understand what we're saying or we can't can call on his name with our language, but to God there is a pure language. And I believe that Adam lost the pure language to call upon the name of the Lord when they sinned against God in the Garden of Eden. His nature was changed. Adam didn't die on, on that day they ate the fruit. But God said to Adam, the day, the same day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. Well, he ate the fruit and didn't fall down. He didn't die. The way we know death. But something in him died. His nature was changed. He took on the nature, not of the Son of God, the Bible in Luke's call, Luke calls Adam the Son of God, but his nature changed on that very day, and he became a child of the devil. And with it, his language changed. Not what came out of his mouth, inside, spiritually, his language changed. And God said, I will restore, in the last days, he will restore a pure language, with which we all will call upon the name of the Lord 
and we serve him with one accord. So you read in Genesis chapter 3, so when the woman saw that the uh, tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Sometimes what we see with our eyes that's appealing, that seems pleasant, is not a thing to touch. Seems simple, no big deal, change the whole course of nature. Change their very nature. It says after they ate, they found they were naked. In other words, they were totally exposed. No defense. Everything changed in them. And I believe at this time, it was hard for them to communicate with God. And so God brought a restoration. And the way God brought his restoration was first to renew the, the human being, to change our nature. And in Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27, God says, I'll give you a new heart. And a new spirit in you. The spirit is not capital S. You have to understand, and I have to understand, when you become a Christian, that's the same, you are the same person in the flesh. But the person, your spirit, is a different human being. You are a new creature. We have to understand that. You are not the same person. They'll look at you, and they will be able to recognize, yes, that's Jennifer. We can recognize, but the real, the core of your being is a different being totally. Amen. You're a different person. Right. And when you were born with that old nature, you came with that language that was delivered. The DNA was right there with you. Now, in your new being, a new creature... That also has its own language. So God is saying that I will put, I will give you a new heart. The heart means your spirit. It gives you a new spirit. Put a new spirit within you. It says I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh. That means for every believer, you have a heart of flesh. Your heart can be touched when there is sin. In your life, you sin, your conscience. You know this is wrong and you're pricked inside. It's a terrible place to be when you do something wrong and you don't feel it. You're in real trouble. Because God, when you became a Christian, God actually gave you a heart of flesh. What you had before was a stony heart. And every one of us are born again or born into Christ with this heart of flesh. God may, does business with the heart of flesh constantly. When, when you allow your heart to be hardened by sin, it's hard to do business with God. God can deal with a stony heart. Your spirit is a new spirit. God gave you a new spirit. But also, he gave you his own spirit. Let's finish reading. He says, verse 27, And I will put my spirit within you. That means you have a new spirit. That's the new you. And you have a new heart. 
The heart of flesh, sensitive heart, can respond to God. Not a stony heart that cannot respond to God. Your heart, as a Christian, you can always respond to God. And you can always, with your new spirit, hear what God is saying. It's not right to say God is not speaking to me. God speaks to us all constantly. From the scriptures, and He speaks in our heart constantly. Directly our lives with the new spirit that he's put inside of you but then he says i will put my spirit i will keep my i mean i will put my spirit within you and curse you his spirit will then come into your spirit so you got your new spirit and your new spirit takes on the spirit of god inside so now you got the spirit of god as part of your spirit and your spirit, that's your human spirit, then becomes energized. And God said, this spirit will cause you to walk in my statu- uh, status. Mean you are able to do all God's statutes. And you will keep his judgment and you are able to do them. There's no question about that. It's not the right thing to say, I can't help myself as a Christian. You can't say, this situation is too difficult. This has been in my life since I was born. Are you born again then? If you're born again, you can help yourself. The Spirit of God will cause you to walk in His statutes. And you are able to keep His judgments and do them. Not law, His judgments. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. And you can keep them. You are able to walk in them. So that's the new spirit that God has given to us. You know, God is always... I went into this because I want to put, the, put out the fact that God will always walk with language. Language words mean a lot to God. In this universe, words mean a lot. Everything that God has done through words, He has His language. Do you know His language? He has His language. He spoke, right? When you speak, you got to be speaking some language. God does everything through language. That's the way God is. Through speaking. You speak, you speak a language. You use words. We need the pure language. We need pure words. If we are going to accomplish some, something that's significant on this earth, we need pure language. God uses words. I mean, if you remember the story of the Tower of Babel, that was a significant moment in the history of mankind. God had, God's mind was to scatter them all over. And if you read in Acts, Paul was saying to the Athenians, he said God wanted to spread them all over the world after sin, after Adam's sin, so that peradventure they would start feeling after God. And if they stayed together, they won't feel after God. They won't seek for God. So God wanted wanted them to spread all over but they wouldn't do it they wanted to build a tower straight up into heaven 
and they wanted to stay in one place. Nothing wrong with that. You call it unity. That was good, but that wasn't God's purpose. How did God accomplish his purpose? Language. Language. He did it through language. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Everybody spoke American. It wasn't any problem with them, but because they had that in verse 5, it says they began to, before verse 5, they started to do something. They decided, we're going to stay here, we're going to build this tower up into heaven, and we're just going to stay together. But that was in God's purpose. He wanted to scatter them all over the world for his purpose. So in verse 5, it says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, the people are one and they all have one language and this is what they begin to do now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them not even god can stop them if they have one speech that's how powerful this is god cannot even stop them if all, all Christians will speak the same language, amen? No criticizing, no criticizing one another. All of us come together and have one purpose with one language. Satan will be crying every single day. He says, I can't stop them. God can't stop them. I can't stop them. And so Satan has this weapon, make us speak different language. I mean, I'm not talking American and Nigerian. We're talking about different languages as we cut each other and fight and criticize and grumble and all of those type of things. And we disagree strongly, move from another denomination so we don't have one language. It's so important. And God decided the only way to stop them, the only way to accomplish my will is God said, let us go down and confuse their language. So God went down uh, to confuse the language. The, the guy thought he was telling the fellow down there to bring some brick. And he spoke in American. Give me some brick. And the guy said, Nicole, he says, what did you say? I need some brick. And a different language comes. Says, what is wrong with you? You crazy? Before long, they had to scatter. They said, we can't, we can't do anything. That's how important language is. Now, God again, in Acts chapter 2, you remember this story? The day of Pentecost. What did he bring down from heaven? Language. Language. Language is very important. It brought the pure language from heaven. And remember what the Bible says in Zephaniah he said he is going to restore a pure language to the earth so that men will call upon the name of the Lord with that pure language and serve him with one accord. Now, if you read in Acts, they were in one accord, where? 
in one place. Just like they were together having the same speech, not the pure speech, but they were in one accord. One purpose in one place. And God decided, I'm going down. The time has come. The last time, I scattered them around the world so that they will feel after God. This time, I'm going to give them a pure language and I'll scatter them all around the world to bring everybody back to me. Amen? That's what he's done. Tongues is so important. Tongues, speaking in tongues. No wonder the devil fights it so much. How many of you received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? You spoke in tongues, and the first thought that got into your head was, that's not God, that's just you, making stupid sound from your mouth. Or, that's not God, but that's just the devil speaking through you. Do you understand what you're saying? Your answer is, no, it says, you've been dumb, dumb, dumb. How many of you quit? Nobody? Liars? No kidding. <laughs> I quit after a while. Is that God confused? Nobody quits here? It's just me? <laughs> Boy, what was wrong with me? <laughs> but some people quit. You know, you, how many of you know Frederick Price? Frederick Price? Well, I read his story. He traveled all over looking for the baptism and the Holy Spirit. But he said when, his, when he opens his mouth, this strange sound comes in his mouth. And the brothers that prayed with him, they will all be rejoicing. He's got it. He's got it. And he says in his heart, he said in his mind, you all are crazy. This can be the Holy Ghost. This stupid sound coming out of my mouth, that can be the Holy Ghost. I want to speak the way you guys are speaking. And so he went some other place hoping to receive another language. He did the same thing and they were rejoicing. He said, you guys are crazy. But Satan is always for this. The pure language from God. There's power in the words that we use. You see, in Adam's nature, after he sinned, the language that he had and that he used, coming from his spirit, carried... With it, life and death. Depending on what he wants to say. And you know what the word of God says. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And they that love it. If you love to use words, you eat the fruit thereof. So if you speak words of life, you have words of life. If you speak words of death... You have words of death. Jesus said it is the spirit that gives life. The words, the flesh profit nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. The words that I speak, they are spirit and they are life. When you speak in tongues, you're not speaking anything death. Everything that comes out of your mouth, even if you're speaking in tongues for one hour, you are speaking life into your life, life into the situations you're praying about, life 
everything that the Spirit is speaking through you. It is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. It's this language that we are supposed to use, which is the pure language to call upon the name of the Lord. If Abraham can call on the name of the Lord with the language that God gave to him in his sinful nature, what about us calling on the name of the Lord using the pure language that he's given to us? You know, Zephaniah, when he spoke, he didn't give any time. He just said, God is going to restore a pure language to his people with which they will call upon the name of the Lord. But Joel was more specific. He says, in the last days, God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will begin to see visions in those days. They will dream dreams. We are living in that time. We are living in the days of miracles. Every time you speak in tongues, that's a miracle. You don't know what you're saying, but the words are coming out of your being. I mean, these words are coming out of your spirit. And notice the Holy Spirit. God said in Ezekiel, I will put my spirit in you, not in your flesh. Your, his spirit goes to be in contact with your own spirit. To inhabit your own spirit. That's the core of your being. And if you read in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, he says, when I, when I, if I speak in a tongue, my spirit, not capital A, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So that's your spirit that's praying, but the Holy Ghost, whom God said he will give to you, to inhabit your spirit, he's the one that actually gives your spirit the utterance. Because your spirit doesn't have that language. He's the Holy Spirit that does that through your spirit. And they are that close. Amen. So you can imagine what's transpiring in your spirit when you are praying in tongues. You can imagine how much life you are infusing into your own personal life when you pray in tongues. I can guarantee you, if, if you pray in tongues, you know, Jesus didn't need to pray. He, he didn't need to pray in tongues because he, he never had the new, I mean, the uh, sin nature. He didn't need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on him. He had the fullness of the Spirit. He didn't need to speak in tongues. He had the pure language, Right? He had the pure language from heaven. <laughs> he needed to speak in tongues. We are given that because we had an, the world. And God restored this to us. Because we're still in the flesh, He allows His Holy Spirit to assist our spirit. And that's how you get to know God better. He seems insignificant when you pray in tongues. But I can guarantee you, if you spend a lot of time, I don't think I, I don't do this myself, but if, if you spend a lot of time, even up to three hours a day praying in tongues, watch out. I know of a man, one Robinson, I can't remember his first name, who did that. He, said, he locked himself up in the closet. The first day he got out, he said he was looking at a lady and could actually see the disease in her body. 
And somebody was preaching. He was in the audience. And went and grabbed the woman and started praying for her. And the person who was preaching, the guy who was preaching, according to him, was as dry as they come. And that one was telling he we need some other. Stop that man from yelling back there. But by the time they got to him, the people he sent, the ushers got there and they saw what was happening to the woman. It's like, we understand, but we can't do this, sir. We're not going to do this. Something is happening right here. The woman got a healing. He was a carpenter. In fact, God called him. He said he locked himself up there in his room and started praying. He was going to stay in his room and pray for eight hours. He prayed for 10 minutes in his, in his English language. He ran out of ideas of what to pray about. So he started praying in tongues. That was how he filled his eight hours of duty to the Lord. And he came out and God is using him all over. This is a very powerful tool that God has given to us. This pure language. James tells us this. 3 verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. How many stumble in many things? <laughs> My hands are up. We all stumble in many things. If anyone, if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. See, words will control everything. We stumble in many things. But if you can control what you say, words, you are perfect. What is that saying? Your words control your life, right? Your words control what happens to you. Your words control everything. But where I'm drawing from, what I'm drawing from this, if, if the words that I say in my language can control, what about the words that you speak in, in the same mouth, right? With your Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit inside of you. Coming through you. All pure words. I believe they will cancel many of the silly words we've spoken in our natural language. <laughs> And bring good things into our lives. Because the Bible says we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself, He knows what to pray for. And He's there with our spirit, inhabiting my spirit, your spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside your spirit. And so when you need to pray, and you got this weakness... Because you don't know what to pray for. Now I want to pray for my friend, Pastor Andy. But I don't know all of his problems. Or he refuses to tell me the truth about his problems. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but he needs prayer. So I pray for him in tongues. But the Spirit knows everything about him. There's nothing hidden from, from him. And so as I pray through the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, who knows everything, prays specifically for that situation according to the will of God. Pray for pastor, amen? In tongues. Words are very powerful. I want to end with this. He says, with the new pure language, we call upon the name of the Lord and we serve him with one accord. I believe 
that, back up a little bit. Paul said, I thank my God I pray in tongues more than y'all, right? And uh, you remember Paul, Barnabas? They were partners, right? Paul must have taken time out to pray in tongues, right? Man, he can't be praying more than y'all and he's not doing any praying in tongues anywhere. He's got to be doing it around his partner, right? So Paul will be praying in tongues and Barnabas will be saying, Oh, wow, what are you doing, brother? What are you doing? Praying in tongues. You're not going to go to sleep? You're praying in tongues, oh man? He was an apostle also. But notice, Paul, Barnabas, other prophets, they were in Antioch, right? And they were all praying and prophesying, and all of a sudden the Holy Ghost said, they were in one accord. The Holy Ghost said, separate unto me. Not God said, guess who said? The Holy Spirit. You mean the Holy Spirit just came in there and appeared to them and said, separate, no, somebody prophesied. Amen? Somebody spoke. But they were speaking from the Holy Ghost. And I believe they were spending a lot of time praying in tongues there as they waited on the Lord. They were waiting on the Lord there. And from that prayer meeting was born these two great apostles that reached out to the rest of the world. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, But, but as, it, as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the hearts of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love him today? God has prepared some things for your life. Oh yes, he has. But no eye has seen it. Ears haven't heard. It hasn't even entered into the minds of men. He said, but God, verse 10, has revealed them to us through what? His Holy Spirit. How are you going to get the Holy Spirit to reveal these things to you? How? I believe... The closest we are, we, the closest we can get to the Holy Spirit is when you're praying in tongues. Because he's the one doing it. And he's not doing it by himself. He's doing it through the core of your being, your spirit. So he's, he's right there. He's right there with your spirit. If he has something to communicate, your spirit can understand him. You can't. But your spirit can understand the Holy Spirit. He'll let your, Holy, your spirit know what's going on here. God has revealed this thing to us by His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things. The Holy Ghost knows everything. He searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God, He knows. But He's not searching them or He doesn't know them to keep. He wants to reveal them to us. Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children. 
everything that God revealed is yours to keep for your benefit. Verse 12 says, Now we have received. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. How do you know the things that have been freely given to us by God? Only by the Spirit. Not through a preacher. Not even through prophecy. It's His Spirit that is going to reveal that to you. That's where serving God with one accord comes into play. Because how do you know what God wants you to do? How can you tell? You want somebody to prophesy to you? Most, most of the time, people, you already know what God wants you to do. And then he uses somebody to prophesy to confirm what you already know. And that gives you greater confidence. This is God. And then you step out to do what? But if you are going to serve him, worship and serve him, your pure language must come into play. So he tells you exactly what he wants you to do. And then gives you the grace to stay on course till everything is accomplished. Only by the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of grace. He is the Spirit of faith. He is the one that accomplishes the word. Stand up with me tonight. If you, do, if, if you don't speak in tongues, or you've received the Holy Spirit and you don't speak in tongues, you're just doing your, your life a whole lot of disservice. You don't understand a lot. You need to seek and make sure you receive the Holy Spirit. In these days, people say, receive tongues. No, the Holy Spirit. This is very vital. And I'm not speaking to you tonight because we went to Azusa Street or something in Tulsa. No, this is coming from my heart. You need to submit to the Holy Spirit. And if you've already received the Spirit, pray more in tongues, in the Spirit, than you do in your normal language, please. I'm encouraging you, I'm pleading with you in the name of Christ. Do that more. And see what God will do. God, he could stop you while you're speaking and tell you in your spirit, I want to speak to you. He's done that. And he'll give you something for your future. He will do that. He will encourage you about the present and give you something for your future. This is the spirit, spirit life. That's all what we've been called to live. Be a spirit person. Do that. When you pray in tongues, you cannot get more spiritual than that. Amen? Amen. <laughs> That's it. Because it's not by power. It's not by mind. It's by God's Spirit. Amen? Amen? Father, I thank you for your people tonight. God, I, I know you have so much to say to us. But you said we can't handle it. But when your spirit, when he's here, he will bring us into all truth. 
He will take from the deep things of God. He will reveal him, reveal them to us. That's what we want of God. We thank you for your presence in our life. And we want to serve you. We want to know you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.